What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh my God, it's Having Fun Listeners with Jen Kirkman, episode 325. Welcome to the Patreon experiment. It's the same old podcast that you know and love, but you can become a subscriber on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jen Kirkman. There are many tiers, 5, 10, 15, 20. You'll get bonus content with each tier, some merch, blah, blah, do your thing. I'm recording this before we've launched, so I'll just keep it brief. I'm not going to tell you what each tier is yet because you can just go to the page and look for yourself. By the time you hear this and you see this video, it will be up. So great. Welcome, new listeners. I'm a comedian. I have done two Netflix specials. You remember me from Chelsea Lately, Drunk History, Newly Lights Out with David Spade. But this is where I come to babble about things that aren't really stand-up, talk to you guys in real life about real things. Always honest, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, always real. Here's where I'm fucking touring, and I'll say it again. If you know anyone in these cities, please encourage them to come to the shows. After you purchase tickets, please post about it on Instagram or Twitter. Those are the social media platforms I'm on. Hashtag Jen Kirkman 2020 or at me at Jen Kirkman on both platforms. And... I will retweet you, I will add to the stories, and you'll get famous. But it also helps people because nobody wants to leave the house, and that's like the whole new cool thing to do. I see it every time I scroll through Instagram, all of the makeup companies and fashion companies and influencers are sitting at home on a Friday night, like, this is my life, in their pajamas, trying on makeup, putting things in their makeup refrigerator, People are like, a makeup refrigerator? Yes, people use a mini fridge in their bathroom to keep some of their beauty creams cold. And so anyway, that's what people do now. They don't go out. And it's not even for lack of money. People just don't want to go out. And they don't know who's out there. And so I like when actual humans buy tickets to my shows, post about it, and then other people in your city will say to themselves, 
self, I'm noticing that other people are going out. Maybe I'll go out too. That really helps more than anything. Now, my ticket sales, they're fine, but let's just put it this way. Thank God it's a year of taking writing jobs because, whoo, Nelly, it gets harder and harder to get asses in seats. So Phoenix, March 28th, 7 p.m. I'm at CB Live. It is my only stop in Arizona this year. So I picked a Saturday so you could drive in from all parts. Come on in from... God, my mind is a sieve. I drove, I was driving to therapy today, which is in Burbank, California. I work in Hollywood. Those are two different locations. I just started driving to work because I was thinking about something about work. I was writing something in my head and then I wasn't paying attention. And then I just got on the 101 as I do every morning. And I thought, I'm not going to work right now. I'm going to therapy. Oh shit, now I'm going to be late for therapy. So my mind is a sieve. And I cannot think of um, that town in Arizona I performed in one time in Tucson. And the lady fainted. Someone fainted. Not like in a Tom Jones, the Beatles. Oh, my God. Wait, it was 110 degrees out. And with air conditioning indoors, it was like, it's a cool 90. Come on inside. So I'm at CB Live. I was there last year. I've got stuff you haven't seen on Netflix. After the show, I'm selling and signing books. The hilarious Tony Tripoli is my feature act. He'll be doing some time on the show before me. All tickets are on sale now at jenkirkman.com. Click tour. So that's where you get them. If you forget, just rewind 10 seconds. Then I will be in New York City, May 7th through 9th for Mother's Day at Caroline's Comedy Club. And you're like, I don't want to go to Times Square. Just relax. It's easy to get to. It's right off like every single subway stop. And it's an awesome, it's an awesome club. And I'm so honored that they let me come and perform there every couple of years. So I'm back. That is my New York stop this year. Again, stuff you haven't seen on Netflix, selling signing books after every show. My act is very mom-friendly, so bring your moms. If you're not a mom, bring your child-free friends and be like, ooh, ooh, she wrote a book on it. I'll be selling a copy of that book after the show. I can barely take care of myself. And if you are a mom yourself, bring your 20-year-old son who wants to be a comedian. I see so much of that at my shows, and it's heartwarming that 20-year-old boys their favorite female, their favorite comedian is a lady in her 40s. I, I don't get it. I love it. Okay. June 4th through 6th, I'm in Spokane, Washington for four shows. There's no late show Friday there because they know how to run a club at the Spokane Comedy Club. It's my first time in that city. Do not let me down. Do not disappoint me. I do not need food recommendations. What I need are asses and seats. Buy tickets, jenkirkman.com. Click tour. Again, post about it, tag a friend, tell a friend. Do it early. Then, coming soon, but not on sale yet, tickets to see me in Winnipeg in August. Uh, sorry, tickets are on sale now to see me in Dallas in July, July 10th and 11th at Hyenas. I was there last year at the Dallas location. Four shows, two Friday, two Saturday. We get in, we get out, we, we get happy. Same shit. Stuff you haven't seen on Netflix. Selling and signing some books after Tickets on sale now. Those are relatively cheap, so I would just suck them right up because they're going to go fast. JenKirkman.com, click tour. My only Texas stop this year, but since the fan base has always been biggest for me in Dallas, I know you would think it would be Austin. I used to think it was Austin, but it's Dallas. So drive in from all parts, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, I don't care where. Odessa. I've been to Odessa before. I was there during not an earthquake, not a hurricane, the little swirly thing, a tornado. Jen, do you need help with your mind? I don't know. Um, I saw it over the 
plains, big sky country, but it, it didn't come close to where we were. And I was at a line dancing bar, and some of the people there said, are you Jews from New York? And I was not Jewish, but my other friends were, and we were from New York. So I guess um, I guess stereotypes are true. The Texans were there at their 10-gallon hats line dancing, and we were there looking like uh, Jews from New York, as you could say, and we both recognize it. Okay, so great. America, America. God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good. I get so patriotic when I think of how we stereotype each other and sometimes it's real. All right. Um, then I will be in Winnipeg, Canada in August, not on sale yet. Buffalo, New York in September. Finally going there in the good. I always go to Buffalo in the winter. Always. It's always December or February. So finally, I'll get to uh, not have to ride up in the snow. And then um, Bloomington, Indiana in September as well at the Comedy Attic. I'm finally there during when the kids are when the kids are in college. So come see me there. All new stuff you haven't seen live at either venue and stuff you haven't seen on Netflix. Blah, blah, blah. JenKirkman.com. Click Kirk Mail and that will get you on my mailing list and you will receive an email the minute it goes on sale. And then, oh boy. Oh, God, I don't know what these shows are going to be like. November 7th, Seattle. And uh, the next weekend, uh, I don't, whatever that weekend is, something. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Five shows at the Helium Comedy Club. These are post-election shows, people. So come enjoy that energy. And tickets will go on sale soon. Again, join that newsletter, jenkirkman.com. Click Kirk Mail. Funlessness, funlessness, funlessness. Having funlessness, having funlessness, having funlessness with Jen Kirkman. For people new to the podcast, I'm really sorry. I do begin the beginning of the show with my tour dates. I should have said that up front. I try to make it conversational so that you can. Like, not have to fast forward, but um, maybe you did. Uh, Well, welcome back if you're here. So what are we going to talk about today? I want to talk about the craziest reality show on TV right now called Love is Blind. Even if you don't watch it, don't worry. I'll be weaving in those personal stories. I guess this episode's going to be a lot about, like, love and dating and whatever. There's an article in the Washington Post that says ghosting is normal now. I thought it always was. Um... But I'll tell you some of my real-life breakups, and I think that will be... I mean, how how could that not be fun for you? But let's start with... Well, maybe we'll start with that, and we'll talk about my real life, and then I'll end the episode talking about... Love is blind, but I'll still talk about my real life. In other words, I'm just trying to get you to not fast-forward through the love is blind parts, because if it's not a show for you, you're just... At the very least, you will love my description of it. I can promise you that. Okay, so this article is from the Washington Post by Lisa Bonos. She she says, uh, I'd been holed up in my apartment for nearly five days in December, battling the flu with chicken soup and romantic comedies. This is very descriptive, but by this point, I was feeling well enough physically to return to work the next day, but emotionally, I was a mess. I knew ghosting was common. It had happened to me after a second or third date, which stung... But never like this. For three days, 
I hadn't heard from the guy I'd been seeing for over a month who was fighting the same bug. The mental guessing game was nearly as debilitating as the sickness I'd weathered. Had his illness worsened? Landing him in the hospital? Had some other terrible thing happened? Or was he sending me the message silently and ever so slowly that we were through? If that was the case, why was I worrying about him? I was crying so hard my neighbors could possibly hear. I wasn't just upset that a promising relationship might be ending. I was distraught for all of us who are dating that breaking up via silence is somehow acceptable. It might be excusable after a date or two, perhaps a smart move if your safety is at risk, but disappearing when all you're fearing is a difficult conversation, that's normal now. I've done it, you guys. I've ghosted. Oh my God. And I've, I've actually talked face to face with people. Okay. I'm just writing down some notes. Um, park that time at the coffee shop. And recently, last year on phone. Okay, great. I'll tell you four quick, quick, quick ways I've dumped people. So, um, it's easy to see how we got here, she continues in her article. Our culture of busyness and flakiness, created and enabled by technology, allows us to avoid tough situations every day, and not just in our love lives. Email and text fall through the cracks, sometimes accidentally, sometimes because we don't know what to say or are afraid to tell the truth. Once it becomes easy to cancel plans or we push them back 10 minutes with a quick message, it's just as easy to vanish from someone's life. What are we really so afraid of? My ghost and I didn't start as strangers on the internet. We were seated next to each other at a Shabbat dinner for Washingtonians in their 30s, and we quickly bonded over having grown up in California. We met for drinks the next week on our second date. After dinner, he dropped me off in a lift and gave me a hug. Later, we were texting, and I told him that next time, he could even kiss me goodnight. He ended up coming back to my place that night, and we had our first kiss. I told him it was one of the most romantic things anyone had done for me in a long time. I really know what he did for her there. He came over and kissed you? Uh, okay. I don't always do the right thing, he said, but I usually try to fix it. That's all that matters, I told him. So there you are. You're like, oh my God, it's a green flag. You know this. Do you guys know about what you're supposed to do with, with first dates? Because sometimes if something is so good, we can get a little uh, crazy we can get a little, uh, you know, you can't see straight because you're kind of under a little bit of a spell. And so you're supposed to put facts on paper, not facts, like in a fax machine, like, but F-A-C-T-S. And, you know, I always say that gratitude lists for me are just facts. It's not like I'm sitting there making a gratitude list and feeling the gratitude in my bones and I'm hippy dippy spiritual. It's these are the good things that happened today or these are the things I am grateful for and then I do it every day and so that when the anxiety monster or something is telling me something that isn't true, I get to look at the facts that I've written down on paper. Well, wait, you have all this. So an exercise you guys could do is if you go on a first date with someone, when you get home, make a list of red flags, yellow flags, green flags. You know, green flags is the good stuff. They showed up on time. They have all their teeth. They 
offered to pay or they did pay or whatever. Things that you like about them. Yellow flags are like, you know, this could turn into a red flag, but it's also like, listen, some people have some stuff. This may be workable. If they're like, you know what? I'm really flaky. I might um, forget to call you sometimes, but I'm thinking of you. You're like, "Mm, I don't love that. So it's a yellow flag because even if you're dating someone and they're crazy about you, but they never call in between hangouts and you don't like that, that might be a yellow flag because it might be something that you have to talk to them about and say, you know, this isn't for me. And if they can't make it happen, then you have to make the decision to stay or go. If it's that, oh, well, that seems really selfish that you can't call people once in a while in between hangouts. Is that really a red flag because you have intimacy issues? You know, it could just be somebody's little quirk and you don't know what you don't know yet. So you put that down. Oh, they talk about their mom a lot. Are they like obsessed with their moms or is this like a healthy relationship? Like, oh, or they just said they're in between jobs. Is it just a life circumstance or are they people that irrationally quit jobs or can't hold down a job because they're a problem, right? And then red flags is is more commonly believe what you're seeing, believe what people are telling you. If you go to someone's house and all their bills say third notice and they say to you, I'm so bad with money, I'm 50 grand in debt, I just don't pay my bills and I'm looking for someone to take care of me, then you might be like, that's a red flag. This, this is probably not going to change and they might be using, you know, it's those kind of things. And that way, when your feelings are doing all the feelings things, whether it's self-sabotaging with self-doubt or negativity or you're way too happy too quickly, you get to look at your pile of facts and say, this is the deal. I just met someone and these are the great things about him. These are the things I need more information on. And these are things that, you know, ultimately might be, you know, a blessing if we don't work out, right? So so I can see this woman who wrote this article filling out her little red, yellow, and green flag thing. And the guy says, I don't always do the right thing, but I usually try to fix it. You might be like, green flag. He just said he tries to make fix his mistakes. But then you could kind of put this in the yellow flag category. I don't always do the right thing. He said, it's like, well, what level of right thing are we talking about? And why don't you always do the right thing in the, in the sense of, is it a pathology that you're totally in control of, but you just choose not to get healthier in certain areas? And then he says, but I usually try to fix it. Mm, I wonder what fix it means. Does he mean he does the wrong, he does the, he doesn't always do the right thing. And then what's his way of fixing it? Just saying, I'm sorry, I won't do it again and then doing it again, right? So that sentence, I'm circling it for people in the video, I've circled it. So anyway, she's, this woman goes on, I've been dating and writing about dating for nearly two decades. In that time, looking for a partner online has gone from weird to a bit embarrassing to totally normal. Your friend over here, Jen Kirkman, I do not do the online thing. Um, I find it strange. Anyway, in fact, more couples now, for, for me, it's strange. I don't think it's strange for other people. I just, it can't, I can't do it. In fact, more couples now meet through the internet than through friends or family. It's a lot easier to find a first date. With all these options, we're putting less care into how we deal with individual people. Back in 2011, I wrote about how romantic it might be if we actually called each other to schedule a first date. Oh my God, I had that. I remember. Oh, this was the 90s in New York City. And I had just broken up 
with my boyfriend. I dumped him. I'll get to the dumping story after this because I did it face to face. And this friend of mine, he was another comedian, and we just kept running into each other at all the same shows. That's the other thing when you're in your 20s and in a small group of people in New York before there were 7,000 comedians, you all kind of did the same shows and you went up every night and so you would see them three to four times a week. So you might end up hanging out with someone three to four times a week whereas now it's so fractured. I mean, I don't know how the young kids are meeting each other. So, yeah, it was like running into this comedian friend a lot. I've known him for a couple of years. Then one night I was like, huh, he's cute. And we all went out after this. We did this show. It was the weirdest show. It was right after 9-11. Here we go. Here she goes. Classic. Right after 9-11, everyone was trying to bring shopping and commerce and anything they could back to the downtown area. And when I say downtown, I mean within a half a mile of the towers that were still burning. And everything smelled like steel and... I've heard it was humans we were smelling. It smelled awful. Chemicals, the whole thing. Nobody wanted to be down there. Um, Obviously, some people had to be, but there was a lot of restaurants that were taking the hit. And so there was this Italian restaurant, and I'm sorry to stereotype, but it was like Sopranos-esque. And the guy running it decided, I'm going to run a comedy show in the back here. I'm a New York guy. Uh, We're going to bring some business back to New York. We're going to run a classy show. And so there was this uh, back room, like maybe you'd have a small wedding in that room, you know, like a a private dining area. And he wanted to put on a comedy show there. There was no backstage, so they just put up these curtains around the front of the room. And so we just stood behind a curtain uh, hiding. And so I'm back there hiding behind the curtain with my friend. He's on the show and another girlfriend of mine. And... It was one of those things where, you know, usually when you have a set, you, back in the days in New York, you're young, you're bouncing around, you do your set, then you might have another one an hour later in a different part of town, so you leave. You didn't, sometimes you stayed and hung out all night if it was like that was the gig, where it's like, oh no, this is where all the comics hang every Monday and then we all have drinks after, but this wasn't one of those gigs. It was like, let's just get out when we're done. And so after the show, the guy was like, and now I'll treat you all to a dinner. And, and we're like, oh, no, it's like 10 at night. We're, we don't have to stay. We're going to go out somewhere. And he's like, go out somewhere. You're here. We're trying to bring money to this place. So, And then you'll tell all your friends that you came here and you were treated nice. It was this like, it reminded me of Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen doing the, is it, I don't even remember anymore. There's been so many people in jail in the Trump administration. But when he was testifying before the Intelligence Committee, and they're like, so did Donald Trump tell you? To do this, he's like, well, with Mr. Trump, you know, he doesn't tell you it's a code. You know, he says he doesn't say, uh, hey, you know, go get me a green sweater. He'll say green is the prettiest color sweater. Don't you agree? And, you know, you can't say no. So that was like this guy. He was like, so we bring you food and bottles of wine and you sit here and eat it out of respect for that we just let you do a show where, by the way, all of us bombed because the audience did not want comedy. But anyway, and so that was another reason we all wanted to leave. You usually don't want to stick around after you've bombed somewhere. Uh, 
You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> there was enough bombings in the downtown area. <clears throat> so I know they weren't bombs. So we had this dinner and we are drinking the wine. And my friend is like, puts his hand on my knee. And I'm like, oh, I think we're flirting. And then we shared a cab back up somewhere. And then I think I ended up getting on a subway. But I think we maybe kissed in the cab or something. Kids, I don't know. This was 25 years ago. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And he uh, called me the next day on my little flip phone rang by the side of my bed hello and he's like Jen it's beep name redacted he's like would you like to have a little affair I mean it was like the coolest thing anyone's ever said I was like yeah he's like last night was really fun and you're really cute and like when can we go out again and so we just started hanging out but we would chat on the phone to make plans because there was no texting I mean you could text on a flip phone, but you know how it is on your phone now. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F. So you'd have to hit twice to get to B, and then you'd go to E and hit twice. And it was like, it wasn't expedient. So you just talk to people because that's what you'd always done anyway. It didn't feel weird. And I just remember that I felt so grown up. Like, wow, I'm finally a grown up. Here I am living in New York City. My friend called me to start an affair, <laughs> and I'm answering my flip phone. And I just remember thinking, gee, if this is what being an adult is like, I like being an adult. This is adult stuff. You know, men are men and they call you up and they ask a question and you, you know, obviously you don't call a woman out of the blue and ask her to go on dates with you and call it an affair because she she has to have been showing signs. And I think kissing him in a cab was a clear sign. So anyway, and then as I got older, it's like people are regressing. I mean, it's almost weird that adults and teenagers use the same technology. We all kind of weirdly have regressed. I mean, if teenagers want to text each other and not have face-to-face conversations, that's great. But I think adults adapted to this all too quickly because I find it bizarre. I find it bizarre when someone's trying to get to know me over text. I find it bizarre. Everything is bizarre over text. And I'm so lucky that... Um, the situations I've been in this year and, and last were guys who liked to call. So I was like, thank God that it's just easier. I don't want to talk on the phone for an hour, but just give me a quick call. It's nice to hear someone's voice. You can hear the tone, especially if you're asking someone out again, like, Hey, that was fun. I'd love to see you again. Like give them a quick call, you know, just hear the tone. Instead of someone begrudgingly, oh, yeah, over text. I think that's where the problem lies. But anyway, enough of my trips down memory lane. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Speaking of lanes. Speaking of lanes. When you guys are on your dates, you want to look cute. And I was reading this article about 
French women, um, when they go on a first date, they don't wear something different than what they were wearing that day. It's like, look, I went to get the baguette and the, the wine and the magazine and I had a cafe and I was wearing like my little cigarette pants that are, you know, cropped and a little bit stretchy and I had um, yeah, like a silk shirt on with maybe a cashmere sweater and, you know, I looked casual but pretty and I had my flats on and if he wants to meet up for a drink tonight, that's, this is what I wear. And so if you want to be a French woman or French man, Who's like, you know what? What can I wear walking around so that I look adorbs, but I can just go on my first date and be like, yeah, this is me. I'm always this stylish. You got to go to Everlane. You know I love my Everlane clothes. I have their cotton long sleeve button down shirts. I have their pants. I have flat shoes from them. I have corduroy jackets from Everlane. I have cashmere sweaters from Everlane. I love Everlane. So here's the deal. E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E dot com slash fun. Everlane dot com slash fun. It's going to give you free shipping on your first order, but here's what feels good about this company. It is priced so well, but the clothes make you look really sleek and really rich. I always call it Angelina, Angelina Jolie showing up in another country to do humanitarian work. She just got off the plane, but she's looking incredible with her 100% grade A cashmere. They've got quality cotton basics, sustainable silks, premium Japanese denim, which is made at the world's cleanest denim factory, Italian-made leather shoes, outerwear made from recycled water bottles, perfectly fit Oxford shirts. Right now, check out their personalized collection at everlane.com slash fun. You're going to get that free shipping. And here's the deal. No matter your style or preference, their clothes look better. They cost less and they last longer. They sell directly to you. So their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retail. Um, They're not going to sell you a shirt for 50 bucks that only costs $7 to make. You never overpay for quality clothes. And again, I don't want to say the S word, but they give an S how their clothes were made. And they are versatile, simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. So here's the deal. Everlane.com slash fun. Free shipping. Anyway. So let's get back to this woman and her ghosting. In 2012, I was disturbed by how ordinary it had become to break up by text or email that I wrote a guide to the art of digital rejection. Now, we're so bad at breaking up that many of us aren't doing it at all. Um, Though people have been disappearing for ages, uh, ghosting, the traces of it were found in 2006, according to Merriam-Webster. A 2019 survey of U.S. adults found that 30% of them had ghosted a romantic partner or friend. Yes, friends do it too. Most people have a sense that it's kind of wrong to do it for any kind of relationship that was more than just a date, says Andrea Bonior, a clinical psychologist in Washington. Still, the more it happens, the more people justify doing it. It's established a sense of normalcy um, that wasn't there 10 years ago. Rosie Walsh came up with the idea for her novel Ghosted after a 40-something friend's love interest went poof. The book has sold over a million copies. 
Lori Gottlieb, a psychotherapist in Los Angeles and author of Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, says ghosts typically aren't proud of their behavior. They don't know how to have a hard conversation. They're like virgins to this. Whenever she's encouraged a patient to have a breakup talk by phone, they often report back that it was amazing. It's awkward and not fun, but people really appreciate the gesture of you took the time and you cared. I think we get it. So what's the conclusion here about ghosting? I mean, okay, there's someone that's, I guess she interviewed some people. I thought my ghost and I had been on the same page about this. Early on, he'd asked if I was looking for a serious relationship, marriage, kids. I was, I told him. However, there was one red flag I'd overlooked. He would occasionally ask if I wanted to see him again when I thought I'd already made that clear. Um, Ghosts sometimes don't know how to deal with something, and they don't think they're good enough for the relationship a lot of times. Um, so this is the woman going back to her ghosting story where she was sick, had been on dates for a month. After about seven dates, when my ghost and I got sick, we both were texting well wishes and flurries of kissy face emoji. In our last exchange, I suggested that we check in the next day. Will do, he wrote. The next day, I asked how he was and confirmed I had the flu. He didn't reply. I figured he was sleeping it off. The second day, I texted back, concerned. How are you doing? This was a man who had been consistently scheduling dates who freely told me he was very interested in me and that he missed me. We weathered a mini fight with maturity and openness. Shouldn't have been a fight that soon. Severe illness made more sense than radical silence. The hardest part about being ghosted is determining that, yes, that is exactly what's going on, especially because there are gray areas. Does dropping off a dating app conversation count? What if neither person sends a message after a date or says they'll check in after a vacation and never does? When someone breaks up with you with words, you can at least call the relationship's time of death. 9.30 a.m. I don't know what this analogy is. Sorry. Um... A psychologist points out that ghosting puts a breakup's emotional labor on the person being dumped when it should rest with the person who wants out. When you break up with someone directly, they can focus on the emotional work of moving on. When her clients are getting ghosted, the psychologist, she recommends that they come up with a plan, such as reaching out once or twice and sticking to it. One text might be, hey, I did think things were going well. I'm a little confused I haven't heard from you, but I wish you the best. It conveys that this wasn't okay, but if you don't hear back, don't continue to reach out. But I did not give up after two unreturned texts. On the fifth day of silence, I called and left a voicemail. On the sixth day, I sent a final text telling him it was fine if he wanted to stop dating, but to please let me know he was alive. Then I stopped reaching out. I don't think, he doesn't need to tell you he's alive. I mean, who cares at that point if it's going to be such a dick. A couple weeks after his text, I had evidence that he survived the flu. He was watching my Instagram stories. Oh my God, people do that all the time. It's like, I see you. One of Gottlieb's patients tried a solution. She told a new person she was dating. uh, she, She told a new person she was dating that she was fresh off of a disappearing act. If for any reason this isn't working out, she told her new partner, I need you to tell me because I don't want to go through that again. 
Turns out he was deeply hurt by his own ghost. Having this conversation up front made her feel so much more secure. Agreeing they wouldn't ghost each other, they set up a framework that it was okay to talk about things more generally and not avoid them. It made it safe for them to be vulnerable because even if they did break up, they knew it would be handled with care and respect. They're married now. Well, if you're being ghosted and you're like, I, I want to snuggle with someone in bed. I'm sad. Why don't you get yourself some new sheets? This, I, I get sent sheets a lot by different companies. I'm always like, oh, these are great. Oh, these. And this one, I'm like, oh, this is next level, honey. Etitude. Here's the deal. E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E. Etitude sheets. They're soft as silk, breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton. You're going to love them. Text Jen to 64,000. Text Jen to 64-000. They told me to read it as 64,000, but I'm doing it both. The only way to get 20% off of your attitude sheets and free shipping, shipping or shipping is to text Jen to 64,000. Here's the deal. Do you wake up hot? Do you get bad sleep? Do you have sensitive skin? Maybe your sheets make you break out. Are you like, listen, I'm, I'm thinking about sustainability in every area of my life and I want to help the environment even when I'm asleep? Well, that's great. Attitude will do this. They are the most sustainable bedding company on the planet. The sheets stay nice and cool at night, which is great because I do get very hot in my sleep. Hot-blooded. And it's like silk is too hot and expensive. Linen is scratchy. Cotton is scratchy and hot. Flannel's too warm, but now there's attitude made of 100% organic, clean bamboo. The sheets are pure heaven. You've probably heard about bamboo sheets, but attitude's clean bamboo is the third generation of bamboo bedding technology. It's amazing. They're so feathery soft. Here's the deal. If you want to get the best sleep of your life, you've got to try attitude sheets. They're different than other sheets. One woman said she and her boyfriend haven't needed melatonin since their first sleep on these sheets. So again, text Jen to 64,000. Organic clean bamboo recycles 98% of the water it uses, so it's the most sustainable bedding available. Cotton, guys, it uses a ton of pesticides and wastewater, and it's harmful on the environment. So attitude stands for eco-attitude. Why not try them? They're amazing. They have a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover shipping on returns. So you really have nothing to lose. It's 100% organic bamboo made with a non-toxic manufacturing process. It's hypoallergenic and antimicrobial. There you go. Text Jen to 64,000. So I'm going to tell you about some of my best and worst breakups that I did as the breakupper. And then we'll finish up talking about a little love is blind. So here's the deal. Again, buy tickets to my shows, jenkirkman.com, click tour. Hashtag jenkirkman2020 when you take pictures of your ticket or make a little fun. I love when you guys make Instagram stories about how you bought tickets. Like I love if you make a video of yourself talking and I'll post it. 
talking about how awesome it is to go see live comedy. I mean, that would make me so happy. Follow the podcast at Jen Kirkman Podcast. Send me an email about anything I seem fun at gmail.com. And follow the show on Twitter at FunlessnessPod. And of course, you can follow me at Jen Kirkman on Twitter and at Jen Kirkman on Instagram. Now, again, we've got the new Patreon. Um, just go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Once you become a Patreon member, you get to be part of the chat in Patreon. So that would be great because I don't, I get too many DMs. I don't answer them anymore. So I like when y'all chat with each other. If you still want to leave comments on the Instagram page, I love that. It's um, at Jen Kirkman podcast on Instagram. Uh, I do not respond or really read the DMs. So comment it up, babies. All right. And if you want to leave an iTunes review, go ahead and fucking leave one. Leave five stars. And if you leave a good one, I might read it on air. We're not going to read any this week. Okay, so here's the deal. Back in my day, you couldn't ghost people because, well, I think that... um, you know, I'm talking like in my 20s. I was like, oh, you date comics. So it's like then you run into them everywhere. But but just like it was hard to ghost people without at least telling them. I mean, because your phone would be ringing. Your landline would be ringing. Bring. You know, oh, I let it ring six times before it goes to voicemail. Bring. You've reached Jen. Please leave a message at the beep. Beep. Hey, Jen, it's Bill. I don't know why you haven't called me back. But I don't, uh, beep. You know, you don't, it's like, oh, forget it. And you just pick up the phone. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, Bill, it's Jen. Um, I don't want to see you anymore. Nothing personal. I just don't want to see you. And then that's it. You get it over with. And it's no big deal, right? Well, here are some of my dumping stories. Oh, I forgot to mention, by the way, um, if you are in Los Angeles, I have my real talk show where I interview someone funny and famous my next one is in March, and tickets are on sale now. It is, I, I wait to announce the guest because I need to triple confirm her, but it will be March 24th at 8 p.m. Tuesday at the Hollywood Improv, and tickets are only $15, and you can get tickets to that by going to jenkirkman.com, click tour. Also, I will be at the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California, March 13th, 14th, 15th, I will be doing some opening act type stand-up on David Spade's show. So that'll be super fun if you want to see me and him on the same night. Um, I don't know those might be sold out, but you can go to theimprov.com and then click Irvine and get those tickets. But I'm only doing a short set, so it's his show. Um, All right. Anyway, so what was I fucking saying? Oh, I'm not proud of it. I ghosted someone a few years ago. I'm not proud of it. But it was this guy, like, he's an actor. I met him over Twitter. We started sending direct messages about something, and then they turned into emails, like, kind of getting to know you. And he was like, look, why don't I take you out on a date? And I was like, this is great. Like, a human being is going to pick me up at my house. We're going to go on a date And, you know, I was in this kind of on again, off again thing with my ex, the one that like really ended three years ago. And I, it was always hard to get him off my mind. Like, even though I was the one that didn't want to commit, just like no one else kind of stacked up. And this guy took me out and we went out and 
he was also from the Boston area and he was like asking me what sports teams I liked, even though this guy's like totally actory. I was like, I don't really like sports that much, but I, I have gotten wrapped up in the Red Sox, obviously. Um, I was into them for years before they won the World Series. But then again, once they won, I was like, okay, I'm not really a football person. I'm not really a hockey person. I like basketball a lot, but I'm not like if you're looking for a girlfriend, that's like we watch the games on Sunday. That's probably not going to be me. And I just was married to a Boston guy. Um, as you all know, Ben Affleck and I, we were together a long time. And, um, and I just was like, uh, you know, he just had like, we just didn't have like the same interests and that was fine, but there just wasn't chemistry for me. I knew that I wasn't ever going to be attracted to him. So classic I I kind of knew after that first date, I don't think I want to pursue more. But in my head, I thought I should. He's like, has his own money, owns a home, you know, gets good acting work, is is like stable and nice and kind and and looking for a relationship and like available. But there was just something was off uh, for me. And so we finished out at this restaurant and I'd valet parked my car there. And we left to go across the street to have like an after dinner drink at this bar. And I was like, oh, I'll just get my car after because that restaurant's open till midnight. It's only nine. And we're just going to have one drink at this place because I'm driving. So we go to the bar across the street and then we walk back to the restaurant and we're like, what's going on? The restaurant had closed at 10. But even though it had said midnight and there was my car, I saw it in the parking lot. I was touching my own car, but the valet had the keys And instead of leaving the keys in the car or I don't, I mean, I'm sure they tried to find me, but I wasn't in the restaurant. They locked them up in the restaurant. And so my car, I had to work the next day in the Valley. I live in the Valley, but I was in Hollywood and I was like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, do you have a spare key to your apartment? And of course, the only one that had the spare key to my apartment was my on again, off again, like best friend, but sometimes we're dating, sometimes we're not. And I didn't want to ask him, like, hey, I'm on a date. So I was like, no, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really just wanted to go home. I just really was not. So I go, this guy's like, okay, you can come stay at my house. And I was like, I'm really not, like, nothing's going to happen between us. You know, this is not. And he's like, I totally get it. And he's like, I have a spare bedroom, whatever. So I go to his place and he says, oh, I have something you can sleep in. And it's like his Boston Bruins sweatshirt and some sweatpants. So I say, thank you. I go to the bathroom. I freshen up. I put on my Boston Bruins sweatshirt and sweatpants. I come out and he looks like he's in love because <laughs> he just saw a girl in his like sports fun. And I was like, Oh, don't get like that look. Like, don't, I'm not wearing this ever again. It's not my scene. And um, he came in the room to like say goodnight. And he was like, I even have this book about Boston. I'm like, oh my God, we have to stop talking about Boston. And so it was just like, I just got out of a marriage that was so all about Massachusetts because that's where he was from. That's where I'm from. And I just, it was not my identity really anymore. And so, Anyway, he was like, good night. If you want to hang out more, like I'm just down the hall. And I'm like, I ain't attracted to this dude. And so the next morning, 
I just, he was like, I can drive you back to your car. He lived so far out. And I was like, no, 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 I'll just get an Uber. So I got an Uber back to my car. The restaurant had opened. Uh, I don't know how, no, I took an Uber to work. And then, and everyone at work was like, didn't you wear that yesterday? I'm like, ugh, long story. So then I called the restaurant, got an Uber to the restaurant. Once they opened, got my keys, got home. Ugh, it was such an ordeal. But I don't know. I just didn't have a reason to say no to going out with him again. Because I think in his mind, he would have been like, I don't understand. We talked all night, had a great talk, which we did. I just wasn't feeling it. And so he asked me out again. And I was like, okay. So we went to this restaurant I really liked. And I, it just wasn't feeling it. I don't know how else to put it. But I could tell he was getting like, you know, well, I'm going to make a move. And I, I don't know. It just something wasn't right. And anyway, the next day, I just never texted back. And I feel so bad because he's like someone I could potentially run into. And actually, like the fear of God was put in me because we were on the same project once, but we weren't there on the same day. And I always felt like I should text him back and write. I had no business dating then. I was in an on again, off again thing by my choice with someone I really loved. And I I was just a mess. I just got a divorce. I didn't know what I was doing. And I feel that's so not my style to not just be honest but I, I couldn't do it because I think I think my self-esteem was worse than too. I felt like I don't so I didn't consciously think this, but you just think, well, I don't my uh, my opinions don't make any sense or I don't I don't want to like negotiate. I mean, sometimes people are afraid that someone's going to keep talking them into something. But that's usually when dealing with your more like nutty or crazier people. I think that people get like afraid to say something, you know, where it's like oh, I don't want to upset them and I don't want them to like negotiate with me. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything. But anyway, I always felt bad about that one. He unfollowed me on Twitter eventually. But I did uh, recently in dating the younger man last year. I knew it wasn't going to work. And I actually did get sick and I kept like staying sick for like a week. And he would text me like, I'll bring you soup. I'm just like, I'm not trying to be unromantic or intimacy issue. But if I don't, if I'm not like crazy about someone, I don't, and I've gone on three dates, I don't really need them coming over and bringing me soup because I was sick and didn't want anyone around me. And you can just Postmates that, you know, you can just order it for delivery. And I, it was really contagious. And I just, there was no need to bring someone into my home. I had all the remedies. I just really needed sleep. And when someone wants to bring soup, I always feel that that's more about them and them showing the gesture they can do. Because I was really like, I promise if I felt I needed anything, I promise I would tell you. But I have friends who live really close by. And if anything, I would just have asked them. And I know he maybe was looking for a reason to hang out. But to me, it's like, this isn't a reason to hang out. I'm actually sick. I want to get better. Then we can actually go do something. But as I was sitting there, I just realized I'm not into this. And I, I don't think I can bring myself to go on one more date and sit there feeling uncomfortable about the age difference the whole time. And so he would check in, how are you feeling? And I would just text back a little bit. And I just was like, I just let three days go by. And honestly, I'm like that when I'm sick sometimes. I'm like, just everyone leave me alone. So, and sometimes I'm not, it just depends. But 
you know, if I really like someone, I'm going to respond to text. So I, I called and he was like, uh, hello. Kind of knew this was coming. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not into ghosting and I think it's not into texting this stuff either. Cause I've, I actually know you and I just don't, you know, you're great, but I all feel really stressed out right now and like I don't have a lot of time for dating and I don't want to date just for the sake of like having fun because it's kind of not fun to me right now because I'm so stressed. I only want to date people that it could potentially turn into a serious relationship and I can't have a serious relationship with someone 14 years younger than me. It's just not working out for me at this time. Um, and talking to him was really great. So once the pressure was off that we weren't dating we just talked freely about a bunch of stuff and had some laughs. And I was like, you're a really cool person. Like, we should totally, you know, platonically get dinner sometime or something. And then he was like, figure your shit out, Kirkman. Like, kind of laughing. But I was like, oh, he doesn't get it. Like, I'm not confused. I, okay. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I you know, I was like, I feel sad. It's always sad for for a woman my age to end something with someone because... It brings up like, oh my God, is that the only people available or a 32-year-old who's inappropriate? Um, you know, so I was sad. I don't think that now, but I was sad at the time. And, um, but I, I, he he couldn't really grasp that nuance because again, he couldn't grasp anything about age. Like he thought we were the same age because I seem young, but like it doesn't matter. Whatever. So I did that by phone. And then in my breakups, when I was in my 20s, I remember... And both these guys, God bless them, they're still my friends today. I took my ex. I called my ex. I mean, we'd been together two years. I was like, we have to meet in Prospect Park, Brooklyn. He was like, okay. And I was so dramatic and serious that, like, I think he knew something was up because I, like, I hadn't spent the night at his place. And I was like, I was like do you want to get coffee first? I was like, no, we just have to meet in the park. And we met in the park and I was like, I'm not in love. I can't do this. And it was like, to be honest, I was just feeling those first pangs of like, are we right for each other? I don't know what's happening. I'm uncomfortable. But I would just end things thinking like, well, once you feel that, it's over. And I think ultimately I was right. But like, I probably could have still gone out with him for a while. If we, if I'd just like been the type of person who would then let someone else have a say in it, you know, I, I just was like, we have to end it. I can't go on with the, I thought, I thought like, if you weren't kind of feeling it with someone that you were lying to them and I couldn't take the guilt. I mean, it was so dramatic. And then I did try to break up with my ex, another ex of mine in a coffee shop in Manhattan. And he was like, you know, people have fights sometimes. And I was like, I know, but we just had a couple recently. I just don't feel like we're, I don't want us to be that couple. And he was like, maybe we can work through it. Like I, I mean, I'll tell you what we were fighting about. It was just this, 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 and then you did that, and I did this. He's like, I mean, I don't know. It was, I kind of thought we were in this for the long haul, and I really liked him. No, I mean, I loved him. We were in love, and I was like, I don't know. I Something's missing. I need something in my life. I need to be free. I have to go. Ugh. And he was like, okay, if you really don't want to try again. I think I tried again for like a week, and then I was like, it wasn't personal to him. Like I was just nuts, and I was like, I got to get out of here. And then, you know, I went to L.A., but it was like, you know, yeah, you had tough conversations face to face with people. I mean, at least it's something to do for an afternoon, for fuck's sake. If you ghost people, then what are you going to do all day? You know, at least make an activity out of it. I went to parks. I went to coffee shops. I mean, come on. Dumping people is a, is a great day out. 
Anyway, I promised y'all that we would talk about the TV show Love is Blind. And, you know, it's... Here's why I like it. It's on Netflix. It's a reality show. So the concept is this. There's going to be a number of weddings in 30 days. And... I think there are about 10 or 12 people on the show. This is heterosexual. This is some hetero nonsense, okay? And uh, so people of different ages, different races, not too many different races. And the age groups are like 24 to 34. So all these people are, you know, the girls live in one little apartment. The guys live in another. And... They go on dates in these pods. So so the basic conceit is you go on a bunch of dates where you're talking to someone, but you can't see them. And the way to kind of lock it down with someone, because you know they're sitting in other pods talking to people as well, and you can't see them, is you kind of tell them you have feelings for them, usually within four to six days, which could be, you could have like three, four-hour dates a day, you know, but with with the same person. But it's like you kind of have to ask them to marry you. So after day six, these people are in these pods and and they get proposed to. Usually man proposes to women. One time this woman proposed to a man. Then they get to come out and see each other and they uh, hug and kiss. And usually most people are very attracted physically to their partner and it's usually... You can deduce like, oh, it's because they got so intimate without seeing each other that they're predisposed to find the other person attractive. There is one woman who clearly did not find the guy she picked attractive. And that was actually kind of funny to not funny, but it's been like the shit show of the show is watching her just every anyway. And so then there's weddings. And so they do this. Then they all go on this trip to Mexico with their new partners and you get to see all the people that you went on dates with in the pods. You didn't know what they looked like either. So you're like, oh, that was John. We didn't work out. Oh, well, that's what he looks like. Most people are happy with their partner, again, except this one woman. And then you move in together in these little kind of like corporate housing apartments. And this is all in the same city. So I think it's Georgia, somewhere in Georgia. So everyone's from the same city, so no one has to worry about, like, I'm going to move to be with you. But they move into these little corporate apartments. They, quote, live there for two weeks while they plan the wedding. And their real apartments and homes are nearby, so everyone takes their partner. This is where I actually live, and you get to see it. Then the wedding dress shop. They have bachelor and bachelorette parties. And then the final episode, which comes out next week, is the weddings. Or it's already going to be out by the time you hear this. And... What's so crazy about the show is that it's fun. It's kind of fun. You're sitting in your pod and you're in this beautiful, comfy couch and everyone's got their glass of wine and you're talking to this sort of like liquid jelly kind of like something the size of a big mirror, but you can't see anyone behind it, but you can feel their closeness. They're right on the other side and they're talking to you and it looks like and some of the girls dress up as if they're actually going on a date. I think the reason some people did that is because any minute your person could propose and you could say yes and you could come out and meet each other. So I think everyone was always ready. Um, But what's cool is as people get closer, 
they start to move closer to the wall. So it starts out, they're laying on the couch. Where are you from? Oh, I love Alabama. And then they get closer to the wall to where people are like, and people are drunk. Like they're sitting there for four hours sometimes just having drinks. So by the, <laughs> the end of the night, you're watching people talk through a wall and they're like, and a guy will be like, oh, no, no, I was going to say something, but it's stupid. And the girl is like, hands on the wall. No, say it. It's not stupid. I love when you say stuff. And he's like, oh, no, I just haven't felt this way before. I haven't either. And everyone is crying. And everyone seems so existentially lonely. Everyone's just like, I don't, I need a best friend. It's really heightened. And everyone's like, I, I, I'm missing you. I, you complete me. You know, all that stuff that's so unhealthy. It's like instant intimacy. Never good, never good. But what's great about it is they also don't, they're not allowed to have phones back in the apartment. So they really are missing their best friends. So it's just all kinds of heightened. Everyone's drinking. And there's this one woman, Jessica. Actually, my heart goes out to her. She's 34 years old. She clearly has a drinking problem, or I don't know. She's drinking a lot to get through this, but she's clearly not attracted to the 24-year-old guy that she picked, and she, like, won't touch him or sleep with him or anything, and they're supposed to be married in two weeks, and it's like, she's just like, I don't know, I'm not, and she's attracted to the guy that that didn't pick her, that she finally got to meet, and she saw him, and she's like, whoa, that it's hilarious. And I mean, it's hilarious in a sad train wreck, train wreck way. But what I love about the show is, unlike The Bachelor, where you're like, I would never do this. Like, I would just never be on a show with 20 women trying to get the attention of one guy, going on group dates, going on one-on-one dates that are like 10 minutes long. Like, And I know he's like sleeping with three other people during the fantasy suite. It's all just weird. I don't like it. But with this show, it's like, yeah, you might not say yes to a marriage proposal after six days with someone you've never seen. But you've definitely, and we've all 1% done this, where you've like fallen for someone too quick before you know them. You give them qualities that they, you assign them good qualities that they don't have. And then you get disappointed that they're not this fantasy you made up. Or you get disappointed like a crack addict when the crack wears off. And then it's like the fighting begins. And then this and then... And it's like you're not really fighting about real conflict you're having. You're both like, I'm in withdrawal from the excitement. And it's fascinating to watch. It's just like people in a continuous cycle that they created of like chemicals going crazy, chemicals being taken away. And so you can kind of watch it with a smart eye if you want to. and Or you can just sit and watch it and be like, everyone's a mess. Thank God I'm not. Either way, I have now have seven people. I have gotten seven people to watch it. And you know what? Netflix, you should give me another special because I'm doing the Lord's work, directing people, you know, to your network out of the goodness of my heart. Um, so everybody, if you're watching Love is Blind, maybe you can talk about it on the Patreon page or you can go to the Instagram at Jen Kirkman Podcast and talk about it there. But whatever you do, until next week, have fun.